0: Do we see you at Groundswell this year, the 26th and 27th of June, close to London, UK? Many friends of the podcast will be there. John Kempf, Abby Rose, Benedict Bozo, Henry Dimbleby, Claire Hill, Russ Carrington, Andy Cato, Tim Coates, and many, many more. See you there. Learn from one of the leaders of the regenerative
1: agriculture movement in Portugal, straight from one of the driest and emptiest places in Europe, where climate change or climate weirding is hitting really hard why a former forest engineer overcame her doubts about syntropic agroforestry. Enjoy! This is the Investing in Regenerative Agriculture and Food podcast, Investing as if the Planet Mattered, where we talk to the pioneers in the regenerative food and agriculture space to learn more on how to put our money to work to regenerate soil, People, local communities, and ecosystems while making an appropriate and fair return. Why my focus on soil and regeneration? Because so many of the pressing issues we face today have their roots in how we treat our land and our sea, grow our food, what we eat, wear, and consume. And it's time that we, as investors, big and small, and consumers, start paying much more attention to the dirt slash soil underneath our feet. To make it easy for fans to support our work, we launched our membership community. And so many of you have joined us as a member. Thank you. If our work created value for you, and if you have the means, and only if you have the means, consider joining us. Find out more on gumroad.com slash investing in Regen That is gumroad.com slash investing in Regen Or find the link below. So
0: just as the wind picks up, which is going to happen a bit, but that's fine because we're outside. So welcome to another episode um, of this this podcast. Again, yet again, an amazing location. We're surrounded by trees in a landscape that doesn't have that. We're surrounded by life, which you're going to hear for sure. Uh, either the insects that are feeding on the orange tree above us uh, or and or the dogs around, some cats and uh, some other wildlife. I'm here with Marta, one of the co-founders of Terra Centropica. We're here in Portugal and we're going to definitely unpack uh, what kind of amazing place or Oasis is, that shouldn't stay in Oasis, but at the moment is, um, we are hosted by today. So um, first of all, thank you for being here and thank you for... Um, allowing us to to record here and i'm gonna I'm very much looking forward to unpacking where we are and of course what million other projects you're working on are, and are gonna work on in the future so welcome
2: thank you you are very welcome here and
0: to start where are we i mean we're in mertola which is in the center south How do you describe it of portugal um but we're in a very special place so if you normally introduce yourself and say what what is the farm we're on, which is a research farm, like what what should people imagine uh, at the moment is around us when they're listening to this in uh, in a couple of weeks or months or years because this will be online for a long time to come. So where are we? And as visually as possible, please.
2: <laughs> so we are in a in a There is a small farm in Mertula, and Merta Mertula is one of the driest places in Portugal. That uh, my my husband is a farmer and he looks at. Uh, more than 10 years ago he was looking for um, a good place to start his dream of farming at the time with herbs, organic herbs and we found this uh, beautiful place that was um, a small farm from the archaeological research camp in Mertula that was abandoned and actually it had been a fire here and it was everything a little bit destroyed Yeah, so he started here Uh, making organic herbs. But as I said, we were in one of the driest places. So at some point he had to stop because the soils here are quite bad. Uh, We have uh, problems of lack of water all years. (laughs) Every year we have uh, extreme drought. And so at some point he had to start farming, just start farming because it was really very difficult. even the herbs,
0: which... Some yeah. who are not deep in farming might say, okay, but it actually can thrive also with, with very little water. Yeah. We're suffering here.
2: Yeah, yeah. Which means so, that
0: just says something about the, the yeah. challenging conditions yeah. we're in.
2: He's just to, to do herbs because of that, because yeah. it's something that really don't need so much water. But it, at the end, we had come at that time, it was like six to seven years of drought, and he really had to quit. Yeah. And then he started to look what other solutions we can have around the world that could be possible to use here in Mertula. Because, yeah, the, it's quite difficult here and the climate scenarios show us that is not going to be <laughs> better. Uh, but actually there is also other places worse than Mertula and that, that they are using regenerative solutions that can be interesting. So... We start to study a little bit of that. and
0: How do you do that? You just start Googling, you start asking people, you start we, looking we, for places we, which are worse and well, which are we thriving?
2: Are always doing that, yeah? yeah? And like uh, uh, looking for innovation but also different solutions in many things, many places and syntropic uh, farming was one of the options. but actually actually we thought that was something that was only possible in South um, in global south and more tropical areas and not uh, in the Mediterranean. Uh, but at some point, uh, Ernst Getsch was here, and so, and also Philippe Pazzini and Diana Andrade that uh, actually choose to live here for a while, and Antonio, my husband, decided that she, he he had nothing to lose, so he would like to try a little bit. So he started this brave idea of trying to translate what syntropic farming could be could be in a Mediterranean and semi-arid place as Merlula is and uh, in the first year he understood that he could um, grow vegetables and herbs and fruits together even in the summer with much less water than he he used to to, to use and so he, he came here to Malhadinha again and it was very beautiful there was a very beautiful moment when uh, he with the group of friends volunteers just take out all the black plastic that was covering the soil yeah because it was organic and supposedly was the only way to, 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 <laughs> to grow, yeah. yeah to grow without invasive uh, um, plants and things like that and the soil was completely compacted. Yeah, because you see with this heat that we have here, like 40 degrees in the summer, well we are in April and we are, there is 30 degrees today, so you can imagine when go with 40, 45, things like that in the summer, and to have seven years the, co- the soil completely covered with the black plastic. Yeah.
0: It's being cooked, so, basically, yeah, yeah burned. Yeah, yeah. And that
2: was supposedly a, a good practice in organic farming, yeah? So, <laughs> he really I don't want this anymore. So, with a group of friends, we take out all the black plastic that we have here and we start in a different way with uh, using the syntropic approach. And so, these days, we have this farm that you can see. We have here a lot of trees um, we have functional trees that we use just to prune and have biomass, but we have a lot of fruit trees, bushes and vegetables and herbs all growing together and he can take out like four to five tons of food per year now here, just putting, just, um, putting water once a week what is really completely different <laughs> than what happened that normally and in this region people that have vegetables and fruits they 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 put water like every day and sometimes in the summer t- two times per, wow. per day yeah so and you really can so you can see we are now in the in the spring so everything is start flowering now uh it's very difficult here also the the weather because we pass we almost don't have spring, you know we have we are in the winter it's quite cold Boom. until March, middle March, and suddenly <laughs> you see we are already in uh, thirty degrees uh, so we we really have here to 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 translate how we can adapt not only to the weather conditions the soil conditions but also the species what what plants can we use and how can we use these plants in order for for them to to be adapted to this very challenging climate uh, that we have here but it's really nice to be here and you see okay but it's possible it's difficult, but it's possible. We have to translate it. Now we, we don't see any more this compacted soil. We see a black soil with uh, mycorrhizas and mycelium all, all around. When we, we, we touch the soil, we see everything covered, but not with plastic, with mulch. It is much, much more beautiful, and we can grow much more quantity of food. That is very nice.
1: Do you want to learn how to invest or are you an entrepreneur and want to build companies in the regenerative food and agriculture space? Or do you work in big ag and big food and want to really move the needle? We have developed a new video course for you. Find out more on investinginregenerativeagriculture.com slash course or in the show notes description below.
0: Yeah, and I think I will definitely link below in the show notes interview we did with Philippe and and also some more on on syntropic farming. And and that translation to a different, because it's been often, I mean, it's been I think 30, 40 years even in Brazil, very well known in in Latin America, very well known in the tropics, very little known outside. And I think the last Mm -hmm. five years or so, we see different projects um, starting to translate and these methods into other contexts and, and for sure everybody says it's not possible because you need the rain, you need the humidity, you need the labour, you need X, Y, Z you need other species and basically people are starting to show that the principles are the same the species mm-hmm. are different and, and the context is different but it doesn't mean like trees want to thrive in certain, uh, in certain methods and they thrive just the same they might grow slightly slower in certain climates, they might grow slightly mm-hmm. faster in others and, uh, but you see the example here because if you compare the hectares you have and and you manage, or Antonio manages, compared to everything around it, the difference is quite enormous. So just to give a bit of context, like what's the normal uh, farming method or what what do farmers in the region around you uh, farm normally? And and of course then we see the difference with here, but what's the normal um, uh, farming methods and and crops slash livestock that people farm here?
2: So here we, we have, in this part, that is Mertula, um, we don't have uh, irrigation systems, so it is mostly uh, livestock. So uh, the farms are normally big farms, large scale farms, and they do cattle even if they don't have food to give them uh, half of the year, or water to drink in the summer. So every summer, We can see in the television the main farmers of Mertula asking uh, to the government for measures to help them because we are in drought, but that happens every year. So it's not an exceptional ask for help, it's something that they have to ask every year. So no one asks, so why they keep doing, or why they keep doing in this way? Because I also believe that if we change practices uh, with livestock, it's also possible, but we have to change a lot in practices. So this is more or less what we have here. It is what is called a montado ecosystem, but quite different from more northern Portugal, in North Alentejo and Central Alentejo. We are in South Alentejo, we are near Algarve, uh, its interior, but here in this region, most of the trees are dying. So we have very few trees and many of them have problems and they are dying. That is the oak or, or the Cork Oak, but normally here the oak, but very sparse, very uh, um, sparse yeah. Yeah. In, in the landscape and many with problems of diseases. This is more or less the landscape. And then we also used to have gardens like that. So probably one of the things that is interesting in Mertul is that we have, it is uh, 1,200 square kilometers uh, with very few people. We, we have 4.8 inhabitants for square kilometers. Which is and one of the
0: lowest in Europe. Yeah, yeah it
2: is. <laughs> And we have like one hundred and something, I'm not sure, one hundred and four or one hundred and six small populations. And that is quite difficult for planning, yeah. But I think probably one of the reasons that we have that, it was because in every place that we have a little bit of fertility, that's where a family starts to grow, and that's... Uh, Maybe um, a well,
0: some water, yeah, some... a garden, yeah.
2: yeah. So we have more or less small populations around a place that have some fertility on the soil, and people could have a living and housing in there. But nowadays, almost these small uh, gardens and places are abandoned, And this is quite interesting for us in our approach. Because when we translate syntropic farming here and people say... Well, when we start, when Antonio starts, everybody was saying, oh, no, this is very stupid. It's completely impossible to bring syntropic farming to the Mediterranean and to Mertula. to on. Now the he's trees doing... trees will compete. Yeah, they yeah, yeah, water, yeah, yeah, will never yeah, grow. Yeah, will no. never die. Okay. Yes. With this soil impossible, you don't have we water. Are different. And then we have all this beautiful production. So we have a new theory. Okay, syntropic farming is possible here in these small gardens. Yeah, vegetable gardens, it's possible, but that's not our landscape. Yeah, It's how not you scale, how you scale up. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah? yeah, And we ask this, okay, you say this is not for this region, but actually 50 kilometers from here, there is a lot of water because of them. So in there, there is the agriculture of fruits, vegetables and things like that with a lot of water. So, first of all, we are showing that in the same climate, but very worst soils, it is still possible to have vegetables and fruits with much less water and uh, helping the soil. Mm. So, this is one first thing very important. The second thing is what is scale-up? Scale-up is that I have to do this in 50 hectares instead of three or scale-up would be if I could uh, improve all these 50 farms that are abandoned and put it so beautiful and productive like this one. So that would be scale-up. Or me.
0: repeatability, <laughs> yeah, which is a big theme in regenerative agriculture because it's very easy to put, push things in, in a box and say, that could never be scaled. If your idea is large monocultures that are exactly the same, where every mm-hmm. row is exactly the same, et cetera, et cetera, which is probably what got us into this mess to begin with. and But if your idea is how can it be repeated 50 times or 100 times, yes. 50,000 times, why not, then it's a very different question yeah. and a very different answer, probably. And and so when you say that to people now that that come up with the second, like. Sort of the second version of why it doesn't work because now it's Mm -hmm. been proven it works okay and I think okay what what would it mean on a landscape scale what do we mean if we do fifty of these what what do people answer how do they react to that you say there used to be gardens Mm around here like fifty or hundred probably Mm -hmm. imagine they all look like this.
2: Yeah, I think that the part they start to think about it. Yeah, (laughs) I think that is very interesting. And actually, it's so interesting that we put that as a proposal to the community, because actually we work uh, quite well with the local municipality, with local social institutions, schools and things like that. And that proposal led to an involvement with uh, farmers, uh, social institutions, that... What if we really teach others and scale up, and we could have more gardens like that? And that is already happened. For instance, we have like social institutions that work with elder people, and also they are the ones who make the food for some of primary schools, and we um, we share the knowledge that about what we were doing, and now they have they they their their own garden and they, so they have the food for their canteen to the elders and to the kids, okay? And we also start a program for receiving people here that want to learn about it. That was idea that we have after we spoke with farmers and spread this idea of, okay, we are not interested. We Now we more or less already know we are always learning and doing errors, of course, but it's a constant uh, uh, process of learning. But I, I, we think we know enough at this moment to... We're only
0: three years in. Like yeah, let's be, yeah, three to years. To be comfortable with yes, having yeah. people here.
2: And yes, we could think, well, now we could have a bigger farm or spread a little bit or ask for to rent or buy other land. But... We thought that would be much more interesting if we could convince others or, or um, give some enthusiasm to other people to do the same. And we talked with some farmers in the region. They are large-scale farmers, but all of them have a place like that, that is abandoned. And actually... As most
0: farmers used to have, of course, their garden, yeah, and their vegetable yeah, yeah. garden. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, of course. And... Uh, uh, Just go back, just to say that actually we have done something, is that we ask to all canteens to give us their numbers of food, what they are buying of vegetables and fruits, quantities per year. And so we thought, okay, in everything here in Mertula, the fact that we are very isolated and with so uh, less people is a disadvantage. But in respect to that, can be an advantage. It's much more easier to feed a small place than a big city yeah, And so we asked the canteens the quantities of food in vegetables and fruits that they buy. And we understood that just like eight, more or less, it depends uh, a little bit, but let's say six to ten small farms like that could ensure all the food sovereignty of Mertula for the canteens. That's easy. it,
0: becomes, <laughs> That's it becomes, not so. Yeah, it becomes... <laughs> Achievable. It's not achievable. And it's not crazy high. Like 60 would be okay. Yeah. (laughs) Six to 10 is like okay.
2: But then, where are these six farms with six farmers (laughs) available to do? So we have these conversations with the farmers. And they said, yeah, actually. And they said, well, you know, 50 years ago... Everything that people eat at Mertula came from my grandfather and other, and from my grandfather, yeah, that farm. So and there's and a the, proudness involved the, as well. Yeah, yeah, there was, and but now people just buy foods on the shops, and they are not interested in do it because uh, it's too much work. Uh, they have to pay something. There is nobody interested in doing doing it. And so we start to think a little bit, OK, and if we try to build a program that could try to, to solve some of these things. So we, we, we have done a pilot program that was the idea of receiving like three or four people who, that want to learn uh, farming, regenerative farming and syntropic farming also. And they could be here for one year because you know something that we learn is that also the more difficult is not the access to the land although there is a problem mm-hmm. there is a problem in access to land and antonio also felt that when he wants to start uh, farming and uh, it was good that he he was it was possible for him to do this partnership but it is difficult the access to land but it's not the the, the only condition because when you want to start as a farmer but you are new on, the, on it and you don't have like a net of people helping you uh, if your family was not in the business and especially if you want to do it in a different way <laughs> it's really really difficult and in Portugal happens that many of the projects that are subsidized by the the gov- uh, public funds, European uh, funds for, for young farmers that are not for uh farmers that are coming in the family mm-hmm. that, that are not continuing the the family business after the five years normally they quit there is a, a big percentage of people that quit and so we thought okay
0: how do we make sure they, we they make, make sure. it yeah. so
2: because we have this meeting and the farmers say okay but what's your problem you don't have land we can, okay. We, we can have a deal here, mm-hmm. yeah. We can have a nice collaboration, and they even speak about money. It was really, we can yeah, collaborate, yeah. yeah. We can collaborate. We would like to, to see these gardens with life again, with Close food to your again, yes, I mean, yeah. yeah. For, for many of them said, okay, for me, if we can only have baskets for my family, <laughs> you can use it, yes. yeah. We would prefer to, to see this, okay. So, okay, first problem we solved, yeah. So, let's think about it now how we could can bring people how they can learn but not only about give them the land but give them the skills first and not just the skill the technical skills Mm -hmm. also the opportunity to experiment to be a farmer Mm -hmm. (laughs) to make mistakes yeah And then a third thing, to be a farmer in Mertula. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, you know, there is a lot of people coming here and it's really amazing how we have a project that started three years and we only have a website at three months. And there is more than 200 people that pass here from Metula just mouth to mouth, the people just come. But when it went to summer, <laughs> many of them that say, oh, we love this, we love to to work here, to learn with you, With but not in the summer. So we create the program that people could stay here for one year. Learning, experimenting by themselves. So they they pass many time here working in practice with Antonio. They have theoretical lessons. Then if they pass this phase, they could experiment more uh, in other places of the garden that the farmer gave us uh, a plot that they Mm -hmm. could experiment for four months by themselves, uh, making their errors, experimenting. And only after that, if they like, they could stay they could have that partnership to have a place to 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 really farm farm.
0: yeah to yeah for the production yeah
2: that was and they had like a a small grant Mm -hmm. uh, uh, also because it was important for for us it was like if a small farmer a familiar farmer had right to have um uh, how would say um a guarantee
0: basic income
2: yeah but not guarantee a basic income, not guarantee because have some conditions. Yeah, okay, but at <laughs> least
0: you weren't completely dependent from day one on what yeah. you were producing because yeah. you were still learning. Meaning, yeah, you needed also to eat. Yeah, and yeah, that was the idea.
2: So if you are a small farmer producing food to your community and you are also contributing for ecosystem services basic ecosystem mm-hmm. serv- services like water and improving the soils and biodiversity you should receive something and then everything you you sell of course you make yeah. profit of it but not being so dependent that you are doing everything wrong because you are just thinking on how to sell or okay mm-hmm. so that would be. so that was a, a small romantic idea but I think that was very interesting this pilot to experiment this in in Mertola.
0: and, and now what is the status of let's say the canteens on one side the farmers like the large scale farmers traditional ones and and the people that want to farm like how what's the current uh, the, the current photo if we had to take a photo of the project now what would mm-hmm. it be what would it look like now?
2: So, we see that uh, in this part of the canteens, uh, is, um, we have an evolution, but it's everything goes quite slow. Yeah, Normally is here. very slow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. In Alentejo, everything is slow, we say, but... <laughs> Except climate change, which is really fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except climate change, yeah. That we really see advancing quite fast. But... Uh, our project, it's not about our farm, it's about local communities. So we understand many times that these changes are long-term and we really want to do it with the community, not alone. So it would, could be quite more interesting, le- like if we do some good partnerships with some chefs, with some interesting shops in Lisbon or Algarve maybe, and we were we were happy doing this small part piece of paradise here. We sell our products and everything was okay, yeah? yeah? But that's really not Id- our idea. <laughs> the idea is really how we can do an agroecological transition in a semi-arid place. So we are, for instance, but for winning the canteens, it's not just about having the food. You have to win the guy who manages the canteen, the guy or the <laughs> woman who do the f- food procurement, the cooker. Because it might lady. arrive slightly, looking exactly. slightly
0: different. Or mm-hmm. a bit more. Yeah, uh-huh.
2: The lady who works with the children and give the food to the children because at the end we, if we already win all the others but the person who is going to give the food says, what is this? A lot of eggs, they don't like this. They won't eat this. Everything is messed up again. So what we decide as we are going step to step is also to involve them. So we are developing a, a, a project with Rebundus, it's a Rebundance idea from Lisbon that is food evolution. And we that this idea is to give training to farmers but also to cookers. Uh, in Lisbon and Mertula, the project started more in Lisbon with a small part in Mertula and now it's so in the uh, the contrary this year. And we bring the cookers of the schools of Mertula to this project. So, the the course have two parts. One is um, regenerative food, and the other is regenerative farming. And we have like two classes. In uh, Saturday they divide, but Fridays they are together. Is more about empowerment, creative leadership, these kind of mm-hmm. things. Yeah, collaborative. Uh, how to collaborate using a little bit of. A lot of design thinking hmm. and dragon dreaming and these kind of things. So and it's very funny how we can empower also women that are working in the canteens that never thought that they would have training lessons with the best chefs of the country, actually. <laughs> it's very funny. And for instance ourselves, we have one space for dedicated to food. In the in the village, in the center of the village, and our cooker have sixty-five years old.
0: We met her, yeah. Yeah,
2: Margarida, <laughs> and she was never a, a cooker, yeah. a professional cooker in her life. She likes to cook. She cooks well. It's true, yeah. but she was never Fude a amazing. professional. Whoever passes
0: here, go for lunch. Yeah.
2: yeah, she she was never been a professional, and she never. Well, she had was
0: not t- a trained one, not an official. Yeah.
2: Diploma. But she never had done vegetarian food all <laughs> yeah. her life. And suddenly at sixty four she starts Speaking about working in a restaurant yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing and when she, she accepted, the challenge was supposed to be like do meals for the volunteers. And now it's a, a restaurant open that everybody can go and eat in there, the yeah. vegetables that come from Malhadinha. And yeah, so
0: she went to Lisbon to yeah, train yeah, with...
2: She was one of the, the... And so other two were from the canteens. And this year has was a success. And we mm-hmm. said, we really have to continue this. This year we have more cook cookers of Mertula participating again on the program. So this is the step by step and many times, not just step by step, we we walk for instance that program was really cool but we but not everything was a success and we didn't quit or think no okay this this is not no no we thought why what was not good why something was not uh, possible to continue because then we have a problem here then we have a problem here let's so what we have to think first to solve this problem and for instance one of the identified problems was that okay uh, we already have someone doing other nice garden in other place but we need the cooker also mm. to collaborate yeah so this is a net of projects. This is not a project here, but a, a, a complex net of projects and institutions that are trying to collaborate for the same purpose. What makes it, as I said, much more slower, but also much more resilient.
0: And has, have you seen a shift in, in let's say, the institutional side on, on a national level as well, on a regional level on and on a local level? in the last years, as climate change here is hitting hard, like you're reaching levels now that were predicted for, I think in 20, 30 years, you're you're having it now. Every year is a drought, so it's not a drought anymore, it's just summer. Have you seen um, a sense of urgency and, and a role of what agriculture and food could play? Because of course the other side of Portugal is very heavily irrigated, very large, let's say, infrastructure and, and a very different kind of, of, of agriculture. Have you seen a, a growing interest in, in, in another way or another a method which is much more resilient, focused on, on sustainability, regeneration, abundance? Has, has the interest shifted a bit or, or are we still very early stage in, in that?
2: We are early stage, but it's growing. And I think I'm very lucky to see it. Um, what we are doing here in Malhadinha has it is small scale and as I said before people tend to say oh we cannot scale up and also the fact that farmers that have big scale they are not looking as some of them say well it's interesting but I cannot use it Mm -hmm. I cannot use it in my land and so for me one important step was to be able to speak with them and have solutions for them. And so a so the big
0: farmer that says, oh, it's great to have this on my abandoned garden, but what do I do with the other 99% yes, of my land? Yes, Help so me.
2: the idea of the small gardens with the big farmers were, was interesting. It was a nice entry I, point. Yeah, yeah, it was very good to, to enter with them. and But we, we need other uh, other st- strategies And I have the lucky to work in other institutions, that is ESDIM, that have a more regional approach. It works with five municipalities around Mertula and not with Mertula, actually. (laughs) But but what is very good for me, because we can test local-based solutions and then we can try to scale up in a regional approach with ESDIM. Okay? And so... What was proposed between Mertula Municipality, Castro Verde and Doric, that are neighbors' municipalities, Mm -hmm. to Esdim, was to design a project on regenerative uh, agriculture for livestock. And we designed that project.
0: Because you just mentioned the issues here are many people have livestock, Mm -hmm. mostly because it's subsidized. Yeah. And they don't have water, a big chunk of the summer and no feed half yeah. of the summer or half of the year. Yes. Which means it's, it's, it's a challenging it's industry. It's very
2: challenging. And look, if we, can, if we ask to any farmer here, if, you, if tomorrow we close down the European funds on livestock, would you continue to be a farmer? The answer is no. Not, certainly not livestock. It's only possible, as they are doing it's only possible because they have a lot of funds, and we see the result in the landscape
0: mm-hmm. degraded, yeah, yeah. overgrazed and underserved.
2: <laughs> we have one; we are in one of the most desertified areas of Europe. Yeah, so that is really not the solution as they are doing.
0: But you, as you are talking to them. Like what's your because I can imagine that could be quite a an explosive conversation. Like yeah. So everybody I, I knows I that, like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. like I don't ev-
2: speak like that with ev- them. Everybody yeah. <laughs> knows
0: that the at some point the subsidies will change. Nobody knows yeah. when and how, etc. but it's Probably not going to stay f- like this forever. Yeah. But so it could also be ten years or fifty. And it could be five or two or three. Yeah. So, so what
2: we proposed <laughs> to them was to, okay, we understand your problem, and I do. I I, yeah. I, I really do. I, I don't. I think it's not their fault. They yeah. they have the land. They they have to be economically sustainable. So they are doing the only thing that they know with this policy that is possible to do in their farms. Okay. So. What we proposed to them, it's more or less what Antonio had done here. He saw a solution and he tried for himself. So we thought like more or less the same approach, but we give tools for learning and for testing without fear and without having any cost. So what we proposed to them was that, look, we know there is some techniques, for instance, the key line design or for instance, the holistic management yeah, that, we are see, that we see that uh, has been used in Australia, in Africa, North America, other places that are also semi-arid regions with good results. So we don't know much about it. It's true that we never tried, but what if we could learn something together and test without any cost to you, just to see what is the result. If we do that, let's go to learn together. Is that okay? And there were three farmers accepting this (laughs) challenge. how
0: many? How many did you ask?
2: we, we we know that we we didn't want to do uh, uh, not were it
0: like fifty or ten like
2: no uh, we, we were talking with someone and that three doesn't sound see. like a lot yeah let's no, say. it's no, a small amount not. For yeah, like yeah it's really a small paid, amount we <laughs> <like> learning <laughs> we, yeah. and,
0: and experimentation without yeah. a risk
2: let's say we we. One of the advantage of being few people is that we know each other. Yeah. So we are, were, knew who to ask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. And so two of them because they are enthusiastic about yeah. this kind of things, and one of them he's not an enthusiastic about uh, of this kind of things, but he's an open person, mm-hmm. and it's also he he's um, in charge of a farmers association. So it's also a, a stakeholder important mm-hmm. because people see what he's doing. Yeah. So there was three persons, two enthusiastic and a nice one. Yeah. <laughs> a to, to test. To have, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. And also, we we ask to the farmers' association to be, yeah. So in order to get to the others, mm-hmm. yeah. And we start this project, like with uh, uh, um, uh, the methodology is called the consortium benchmarking, yeah. So what we we propose we we get together in a workshop, and presenting them these kind of solutions, and then. To just collect all the doubts and skepticism that we could have about it. What we want to learn. What do you think that is, no, this is not going to work. Because these are we would big like farmers. Like this yeah, is big, big farmers. Yeah, yes.
0: Hundreds of actors. Yeah. Many, many cows. Yeah, yeah, these are yeah. not small. That's it. Yeah. yeah.
2: So we collect all that information.
0: Was it a long uh, list?
2: Uh, yeah, Yeah, it was a long list. And uh, then we present them like a group of farms in Portugal and Spain that are already doing these techniques. yeah, And we present a lot of them. Well, they are not so much, but we presented mm-hmm. the one that we know that are already with some experience and they choose which farms they want to visit. So they choose three, okay? And we went to visit and we invite also the, the association, regenerative association of uh, Spain to help us here. And to give training to them, but before of the training, they went to do the visits and speak to farmers, not to, with consultants, farm with to farmers. Farm. Okay, farm to farm experience, and they start to be excited. And they why? St-
0: because they could see in their similar context or maybe worse. That yeah. like, look, it's not just possible in Australia, where we can mm-hmm. always argue it's different and, and things yeah. are different. Like, you could say it's in Portugal or Spain, which means it's the same subcontinent like it's it's, we
2: try to choose like places that are really good yeah yeah. doing it like porcos natura that São luís porcos natura for instance but also places that that the farmers are good but the places is is, uh, so bad has mertula or worst which is
0: better because then you can say you can at least never point like yeah but they have it easier no that's it
2: because, for instance, with did that Luís. It's amazing. I love what they are doing. But Montemore it's much better than Mertula, So they were this quite right, Montemore excited. Is a place in
0: the center of Portugal, one hour east of Lisbon, and gets yeah. a lot more rain. Yeah,
2: yeah, eight hundred they, millimeters. They, they also complain yeah.
0: about drought, etc., yeah, for sure, like every farmer does. But it's two or three times. Yeah, when you get yeah. Here.
2: So they. They went there, they were quite excited because the guys are very good, they are doing an excellent job, but they were still saying, yeah, "Yeah, but they have a lot of rain, the soils are better, then we we went to uh, Mundos Nuevos in Spain, Extremadura.
0: So, yeah. m- oh, yeah. a
2: little bit more norther yeah but so very very dry place and they went coming from there.
0: somebody that lives in, uh, in Mertula yeah? that yeah, means yeah. it's very
2: dry no it's a very dry place it's very similar to Mertula the landscape very similar and they went there last year in the beginning of the summer or end of the spring and it was a, a an horrible horrible year in terms of rain And they went there and the guy had like five fifty four small dams and fifty two of them with water with the design design. Key line design and the holistic management approach. And it was very, very good to see. And so these guys start to be enthusiastic about it and then we made another workshop that we tried to collect all the information that we have but then we discovered that we have a lot of new doubts <laughs> that we want to learn but now it was not so much skeptical doubts mm-hmm. but much more of things that they were enthusiastic Practical to know doubts. more yeah. yeah, yeah, that was very nice so at this moment we just finished all the visits right mm-hmm. now, this week, the the last one so we made more, three, they chose more three places to visit they had more training about Like planning, the grazing planning, uh, uh, so a lot of trainings uh, about it, Um, the key line, more advanced key line, and um, this last visit we have 60 inscriptions. So the enthusiasm just grow between ah, the because community. Because you didn't
0: keep it to just the three, you Yeah, we progressively... started the first
2: workshop like with nine, ten people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now this visit, the last visit, we had 60 inscriptions. It was not possible to bring everybody. We were 45 people visiting. But it was very good to see how the enthusiasm about uh, grow. And actually, we have like a community of practice that we speak every day in WhatsApp and things like that. And there is 90 persons in the and, WhatsApp And the three group.
0: original are still there. The yeah, three yeah, ones, they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also the skeptical one, but open
2: one. Uh, he was not, Well, yeah, he yeah, he, yeah. he still is. But the two
0: probably went. Just started yeah. No, what is
2: good is now that the the first ones do. We have a, a group that are already doing things mm. that were not in the project by yeah. their own. They are already doing, for instance, the key line design, the starting holistic management. There, are a lot, there was a lot of things that we didn't think that in the project, that is just a two-year project, that we could achieve. And actually, they are just flying... Because they start Googling, they yeah, start yeah. connecting, they yeah. start yeah. moving. Yeah. They yeah. are doing. And what is... Uh, and now, come back to Malhadinha, mm-hmm. just to say that in the last two visits, Syntropic farming was a thing. <laughs> Uh, so the not the last the other uh, visit we had someone speaking about trees in livestock that they need trees and speaking about syntropic farming and this last visit was to Tehame that is a beautiful project that they have livestock but they have permaculture they have a six hectare hectares agro forest and it's not syntropic but a, an agro inter, very interesting agroforest. And now they spend like two hours in that part of the visit. So the guys that was just interested in a solution for the livestock now are understanding why it's so important to have trees, why it's so important the microbiology in the soil, why, and that everything is linked. So we... We had to change the, the, the you approach. Took, you took the
0: long road. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. but
2: now we are winning these people that, yes, of course, they, they are not now starting to do big syntropic uh, farming. It's not like that. But now they understand much better what we are doing and why. And they are much interested know, and know to know more about it. That we can have regenerative approach, different regenerative approach, uh, uh, when we have different contexts. But... So they are changing the mindset, and that is much more important.
0: And and does it give you hope? About I mean, you can see here around us how fast things can grow, and and you're saying we reach things and, and milestones in in a project of two years that we never imagined. And at the same time, you see climate. I mean, somebody called it climate weirding the other day, getting out of control. Here we're in April and it's thirty plus. Like, what does it give you hope? or, I mean, depending on the moment maybe, but does it give you hope that the work you do and at the same time seeing the the struggles of, of, of climate change hitting or weirding?
2: Yeah, it's really difficult because you know, for instance, in 2015, when uh, there was a project here about uh, climate adaptation and uh, with Andrev Zing, that actually is the same facilitator in the project with livestock. And they they have done a study with the climate scenarios. And at the time, we had this scenario for the RCP 8.5. We would have in Mertula in 2070, like 300 uh, millimeters of rain and two thousand one hundred. Uh, we would have like 200 and something, almost 300, but uh, mm. less than 300. But actually in Mertula, the 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 last five years, the medium of uh, precipitation in the last five years was already that, between 200 and something and 300. So we are in the worst scenario of... Uh, <laughs> 40 50 years, or 60, 50 years, yeah, yeah. 60 years ago. That is really scary. Yeah, that is really scary. So here we, we really have to move fast. <laughs> and uh, so we have hope. We have hope also because of the fact that when we feel that we are not alone, it's really good when we see the municipalities working, trying to work with the solutions and f- more farmers involved, but we know that policies make a lot of difference. And so that is how we can be more effective (laughs) Uh, showing the results, that there is other pathway that is possible for this territory, but we have to start now. (laughs) We don't have so much time, yeah. Because in in Mertula it was more or less like we felt like, or we turn into desert or we start to do something now. Mm -hmm. And there was more or less this consensus that was quite good because that was also uh, 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 a public policy, a local public policy that they want to do something. So it was easiest for, for us to start all this process, having the collaboration of uh, the local authorities, but also other institutions, like for instance the vocational school, others that are aligned with this uh, idea. But we know that the common farmer will not change if they don't have policies that help them to change to do the transition, so it's really urgent that we we need to to pass this idea and the results of what we are doing to other scale also. And,
0: and would that be your main message to let's say the the quote unquote I'm doing air quotes but nobody sees them um, to the financial world or to investors to like it's possible but we we need to go fast which uh, most people agree but policy is is the crucial lever what if you have to give and for sure you've done that presentations in Lisbon or in Brussels or in Madrid to let's say the financial world what is your main message coming from Mertela in a very difficult place which is getting more difficult but still very hopeful what is your main message to people that are Um, putting money to work or in charge of their money or other Mm -hmm. people's money like the pension funds etc and they say okay give me (laughs) me hope or solutions or something but give me direction at least
2: yeah that is very interesting because actually we've done what we've done without any fund for public policies yeah and it was with uh, private investments or by ourselves (laughs) that we have done it and so I think two important things like there is a lot of money in the world.
0: <laughs> Probably too much. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. not just public yeah. money. And so private money should really be invested in what is important and urgent in this moment. I think this is crucial. And that's what, how we started. And I think, the, for instance, the few, very few, but very important uh, um, investors who believe us, they come here and they feel that wow <laughs> because they know that they gave us very short investment and we replicated in a point that they, was, they were not waiting mm-hmm. uh, they, they, they didn't know that we could use the money so, so well but it, this is not because we are special or different it's because it's possible to do it Yeah, we have uh, uh, when we we collaborate, yeah. Uh, when we know how to 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 find partnerships, good partnerships, and others uh, other people who want to do the same, we really can fastly change a situation, a place, yeah. So th- this is very important that two things. We have to change policies, so it is quite important in this moment if we are talking about lighthouse farms and living labs, but sometimes it's difficult for us that are very far away from everything, very isolated to say, well, we are that. Okay, you invented this concept but we started very (laughs) uh, uh, before that doing exactly that concept. So use the knowledge that is in here. So public policies is one Thing. And the other thing, it's public money, it's not the only money in the world. So it's quite important to create this net of people that is interested to change the situation, to change the world, to change um, the, the, the pathways that can be, can be a, 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 a personal decision. How you, you can use your money to do better things in the world. Yeah. and how to put de- that net because and, and also how to bring people what, how to bring resources because it's not only about money and that's uh, other quite important thing it's many of the things that we needed to do this was not money was knowledge was so it was very important when we start working and I, I have to say when Katarina Serafimova started to work with us and bring also this net of people institutions that could help us It was so important that we have uh, the possibility to know this or this foundation has to know people that could bring knowledge to us. So that is really important. So resources are not just money. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Uh, shout out to Katarina, who sometimes listens to the show. And what would you do if you would be in charge of, of a lot of money, let's say a billion euros, and it had to be invested could be very long term but at some point it had to come back with with preferably a return how would you approach that if you would be on on the investor side with i'm not saying unlimited resources but basically like mm-hmm. a lot of money and what would you focus on would it be what what would be your main focus areas if you had
2: um, I think the, there were two things two or three. well I have a lot of ideas let's, let's say what it's a would lot of money the, so you can yeah, do yeah. a lot of ideas <laughs> so I really would like because that is a frustration for us that we have just this small place so I really would like to scale up and show that is possible but maintaining the approach that we have not an island doing mm. something quite uh, spectacular but close by itself mm. So betting on education uh, and education with civil so- society, but with public institutions also, because um, we cannot have like very amazing projects that are growing and academies and uh, schools, but they are private and for rich people. So. We would really like to scale up and see that it's possible to change, but scale up the concept uh, of working in a regional network, working with farmers, but with local institutions, with schools, and to have a very good educational project also. And to also try to, to bring financial solutions for the farmers also, that is also quite important to create some very creative and collective intelligence about money and about how could other farmers continue this work, not being dependent on public policies, but because it's the right thing and it is sustainable to do it, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So would you then focus on the markets for them, for instance, for if, if we look at livestock here to make sure they get paid better prices if they work in different ways, or would it be mostly focused on like their transition finance? What what would what is the biggest issue for that group of 60 or 45 like that's now super excited about wanting mm-hmm. to change? How would you be able to help them?
2: Well, for instance, in this region, in conc- yeah. conc- concretely in this region, they don't have a place where to um, slaughter. Ad- ad- yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's For instance, in, very, in simple
2: in and very simple thing. Very simple thing, but most of
0: the yes doesn't have it either. So there's uh,
2: completely. <laughs> so how they can have
0: valorize? There's no value. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. send it away, which is far. So yeah.
2: very simple thing, basic thing. Yeah. It's a basic thing, but, a but they don't have it. Yeah. A fundamental piece. Yeah. yeah, fundamental. Other is, and it's one of the projects that I'm also starting with HDM, is that to have like to design. Um, uh, 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 um, a territorial uh, food system with the canteens. So why we don't have a regional like a uh, food shed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see that we could have livestock, vegetables and fruits in all the canteens in the regions just eating our regenerative food. Instead why? of bringing it from. Yeah. yeah, so we are trying to do that design in one year and a half but then it was very important that, not, that the p- process cannot be stopped, but people have the tools to implement it. But it can be blocked in such basic things yep. like the slaughter
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> or processing, yeah. e-
2: processing or logistic, because as we are in the very isolated places, for instance, logistic, it's quite expensive. Uh, here. Nobody wants to do services, transport services, Uh, you need something for your company uh, to work, equipments and things like that, and it's double of the price, things like that. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this regional economy, how we could be more intelligent, and for one side to have some better markets that appreciate the quality of this regenerative, but at the same time we don't want to be a place that is doing food for rich people mm-hmm. that can eat regenerative food. Yeah, We would like, really, to have all... And that's why I point a lot in the canteens, mm-hmm. because it's the elders and the children, so it's the more vulnerable population that we have. If we could have them all eating good regenerative food, we could improve health (laughs) of course Uh, much better in the future so that would be something that I, i i think would be very important in this region
0: it's funny because we it's it's an answer that comes more often the basics and i'm using air quotes again because it's not basic but basic infrastructure processing distribution um just getting things from from the field to to the plate is is not easy in many places and in many places, you have to drive very, very far, which obviously, especially with livestock, but in general, hurts mm-hmm. quality, margins, costs, everything. Yeah. And now taking your, your big investment fund away, I'm, I'm sorry, but giving you a magic wand, which means you can change one thing in the food system or agriculture system overnight. So you have mm-hmm. magic power to, to change mm-hmm. one thing only. Not, not, don't do like <laughs> Aladdin. You say, no, and then I get three wishes, et but if you had But if you were able to change one thing, Overnight, what would you change?
2: That is a very difficult question. <laughs> so, if I you could can think change, about it for yeah, a second, if don't worry. I, I could change one thing in the food system. Um, well, I think one very important thing is that every farmer really should have. Uh, much more knowledge about soil. So it it should be a condition to be a farmer. (laughs) Like, you have to know what is and how it functions the soil. Yeah, And not what we learn in the universities. Uh, I'm talking about soil life special, not the physical and chemical, but they have they really have to learn about soil. I think that is the basic rule in the food system. But then of course you ask for one just so that would be the basic but then then the problems start in the system after. So we we would have to continue. But it's a
0: it's a (laughs) fundamental start because you see that's really lacking with many farmers.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. The basic completely. Yeah and uh, uh, it's very and they come
0: here and they're yeah. mesmerized by or cuz i know stories from people, yeah. like they're they're scared to touch and like that it's so what 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 is the biggest surprise there
2: I think especially when we work with uh, syntropic farming it's more or less like we feel feel like everything that we learn. <laughs> it's not that it was wrong because it was quite important, but it's has we are challenging everything. That was. Uh, You're going we, back to
0: first principles. No, no, but it's, yeah, an, yeah, it's yeah, a fundamental. Yes. probably everything you learned in ag school. So
2: uh, I, I came from uh, forestry. I'm a, a forest engineer, and this so must be
0: so challenging
2: for <laughs> you. <laughs> so it was mm, what? Do you remember? No, I this didn't is a whole different interview. It. But do you yeah. remember? <laughs>
0: Your first reaction whenever you saw a video or something on the syntropic side?
2: Yeah, for one side, because we see beautiful videos. Like Philippe and Diana are excellent communicators, so we 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 get quite inspired. And uh, was there but, that
0: forestry but, brain saying, "No, but that cannot work"?
2: I, I think it was worst when we start to see it in okay. the land and start uh, putting the trees and how how we can put this. Trees. So close. Yeah, yeah. No, but are you sure (laughs) what we are doing? (laughs) Did you secretly
0: think that everything would die here Uh, the first year?
2: Well, uh, actually, Antonio started at um, the. When he stopped to farm here in Maledinia, uh there was a, a um other farm near the river a couple that have our farm and they proposed to Antonio if they, he wants to farm there and actually it was very good because that farm was really near the river so he was testing but for instance if everything was wrong and he actually need more water he had the water yeah. yeah but uh but he, and so that was the first experience that Antonio was made and yes i actually i was very skeptical about it <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's good you come from that background
0: <laughs> and and know the traditional or conventional whatever we want to call it, um, say, land management world very well, because that's what you studied, what you worked in for many years. And yeah, this, this is very challenging for, in general, I think everybody that thinks and works in agriculture, but specifically if you have been trained, because it's very messy, it is everything we don't think about it which is makes it very interesting um but yeah we live in desperate times, so we need desperate experiments it's
2: this it it is so complex what we are doing here and that complexity it's not easy to modeling it's not easy to study so i understand the difficulty of bringing science but it's also absolutely urgent to do it I think that is we cannot risk to say as I already have heard with other tests that I have done in this kind of situation that we are trying and see what result and then someone of the science say well you should be quiet and you should not be presenting that publicly because you don't know what uh, what was you don't know why was went well yeah you don't know if it it was the mycorrhizas or if it was how you planted or if it was this consociation between this plant you don't know and yes, it's true. That's your <laughs> job, not mine. <laughs> we are only <laughs> only trying to apply what we think are the best solutions. That's your job to do now. But it's very difficult because if we have in the same place a lot of um, how we say va- variable conditions, yeah, it's uh, turned out to be much more difficult. But we need to understand, and that's actually understanding what is happening.
0: In the soil? In yeah. the
2: soil. What is happening in there? Because this complexity and diversity and life that we're seeing growing actually is completely dependent on the consociations, collaboration, symbioses between fungus and bacteria and roots of this, all this diversity that we have here. And I think that is a lot that we don't know about it.
0: But that shouldn't keep us from moving fast. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a perfect end to to this interview. I want to thank you so much for um, scratching the surface, and and I think there's more to more rabbit holes to go into for another couple of hours, but we'll do that another time. And um, thank you so much for an introduction to the work you do, and for a fascinating visit, and uh, and all the work you do, obviously.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. For the show notes and links we discussed in this episode, check out our website, investinginregenitoragriculture.com forward slash posts. If you liked this episode, why not share it with a friend or give us a rating on Apple Podcasts? That really helps. Thanks again and see you next time.